podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. On May 28th, critics rave. This is the experience theaters were made for. A Quiet Place Part 2. Rated PG-13, May 28th. Good evening and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers Friday Forecast Show. I'm your host Keith Plunga and I'm delighted to be joined tonight by Gav. Gav, how are you? I'm great. I have cans. You're not. What's You're not great. I am great. I am. I don't look great. Um, but I am great. Um, we had a lovely evening last night. Um, Grizz turned Jamaican and said totally tropical taste in a Jamaican accent. Uh, I, I continued on with a few cans after the, after the show because it was a great show. And then I just... Have more cans now, so yeah, and we're signing players all over the shop. What more do you want? <laughs> what a time to be alive! What a time to be alive! Excellent stuff. Am I joined by Grizz? Grizz, how are you? Yeah, good. Um, really impressed with the intro music. First time I've been on the on the Friday show. Well, I think yeah. it's only the second week, isn't it? Only the it's second Friday. week. Yeah, yeah but I've, I've, this this, this uh, music intro, man, who done this one? It's quite nice. Um, I like it. I was bopping away. All all intro music for the day trippers is done by our oh, very Colin own Turley. friend. Call Torley. Yeah, I, sh- I shouldn't have um, asked. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's done by Call Uh The link is in the description below um, to, mm-hmm. I think, a SoundCloud or his YouTube account. And yeah, he's very, very good. Very good. Um, very good. I enjoyed he's that. very good. He's sort very good. shaking the old shoulders myself a little bit. Eh? If, I, if, I don't, if I don't time going live properly and I miss a beat or two, he texts me and say, really angry, angry. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's very yeah. aggressive. Very, very aggressive. aggressive. <laughs> Man, he is. <laughs> he is indeed. He is indeed. Um, the, the purpose, uh, I'll introduce our last guest now in a sec, but the purpose of the Friday forecast is that we look ahead at weekend games that are coming up. Last week was the first week of it, and we went through all the fixtures, and we said, right, we'll... We'll have a look. We'll try and get opposition um, fans on and get their view. But as we're all aware, um, Wolves have jumped up in the um, the interest odds in Liverpool uh, fandom at the moment. So we're delighted to be joined by Finners with the Wolves, um, his Wolves hat on to give us the lowdown on what's happening <laughs> over there in uh, Wolverhampton. And to get his lowdown on a, a certain Portuguese uh, forward that may be making his way to Liverpool as we speak. Finners, how are you? Yeah, not the best day, mate, to be honest. <laughs> Wolverhampton's just gone into the newer local lockdown thing as well. So it's been a busy day in, oh, uh, in Wolverhampton. Uh, yeah, feel your pain. Um, I like that in Dublin. <laughs> but no, yeah, not, not the best, but the, there'll be plenty plenty of good ones to come. I think there'll be replacements and all sorts. But yeah, it's a, it's a good one to talk about. It's interesting with deals going both ways as well. So be good to get into it. Indeed, indeed. Um, before we get on to that, um, we're hot on the heels of uh, Nathaniel Klein Thursday. We're going to have a talk about the unveiling of Thiago Alcantara at Liverpool today. Um, Gav, I'll come to you. What did you make of the unveiling? What did you make of the hysteria around it? And were you impressed? And were you going around like a giddy child yourself? Um, no, not after the amount of cans I had last night. It was hard to be giddy in a physical yeah. sense. Um, but 
Listen, they done it perfectly, didn't they? You know, we, we thought it might be nine, ten in the morning, but they left it till about two minutes to four, was it? Um, something like that. And Grizz was well out of bed, which was a, which was a plus. That's and why they done it. Listen, they just set they up. Had they had to set... wait for me. There was never going to be an answer. <laughs> without, let me get out of it. They, um, <laughs> they, they, they set up one tweet with just the number six and a load of whistling going on. I was like, what's going on here? Someone's at the tweeting by mistake. And then, of course, the, the main video came out and the content around has been excellent. Um, his first interview was there and he talks very well. And yeah. listen, it's, it's an, it's, it's just an outstanding sign and there's no other words for it. You know, we've been talking all day about how excited are you, boy? You know, he is the most world-class player Liverpool have ever signed, ever. Yeah. And at the stage agree. of the career they're at, you know, you, you know, people will go, well, look how good Daglish, Souness, Torres, Gerrard, all became and stuff. But, or Van Dijk, Allison in, in today's, the, t- today's team. But this is the most decorated sign in Liverpool football club have ever made. Simple as that. Yeah. Really is it's it's one that um I agree the names get thrown out. Kenny's probably the nearest, the ready made came in to replace um Keegan. I know a lot of people threw John Barnes in, but John Barnes was coming from Watford, he was in England International, but he wasn't of the scale uh of Tiago Alcantara. Grizz, I'll come to you. Uh what did you make of the unveiling and um the the content that was coming out around it? It it looked good, it was positive. Yeah, it's just it's just positive. I mean, I agree definitely with the with the shout about most decorated. I mean, the guy's won it all, hasn't he? Um, I mean, what clubs to play for? Um, I can't remember his Brazilian. Was it Flamengo? His Brazilian team he first played. He started off at. Did I he believe he was. Right? I think so. I can't he came I'm wrong. Through. And then Barcelona. He came through to La Masia, did he not? Yeah, we'll just ignore that bit then, innit? Okay, yeah, same right. difference. Um, yeah. So, look, Barcelona, Bayern Munich and, and Liverpool on your CV. And um, we went through it, obviously, uh, the other day. Was it Thursday we done our show? And we talked about sort of, you know, how much of a prestige signing it is and everything. But, yeah. I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you. He was at Flamengo's youth team before La Masia. So, so I wouldn't want to throw it off your stride. Thank you. So now he's, now he's telling you not to ignore the bit you told you not to ignore. To ignore it. Concentrate what I say. <laughs> Pay attention. <laughs> but anyway, but listen, moving on. Um, uh, but that's, I mean, again, Flamengo, massive club in Brazil. Barcelona, biggest club in Spain. Uh, Bayern Munich, biggest club in Germany. And then he comes to the biggest club in England. Um, so it's amazing. Uh, Sam Bank saying hello, Finners. That's a nice welcome for Finners. Um, I never get hello in now, bloody hell. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, Tiago, the, the, the unveiling. I don't know what you guys think. What do you really got? I don't know what the people in the chat think. I think it was good. I think it was. I like simple because I'm a simple man myself. So I like simple. I don't like all that piano playing bullshit that Man United done with Sanchez <laughs> and all these. Aubameyang was OGT and. You know, so I like simple and effective. I get that. I think it could have been just a tad bit more. I don't know, but it was very good. I love the bit at the end where he says, "How are we?" Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Says accent, what? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Do don't make him. Don't don't have him do more accents on me, please. How are please. you? I, I listened back to the podcast last night, and Chris being a Jamaican is one of the funniest things I have ever but, heard. Um, but, um, but I like that bit at the end. Um, and just the smile, you could see he wasn't overruled because he's a big boy player himself. He wasn't sort of like a, 
uh, you know, rubbing headlights, you know, he sort of took it all in. You could see he's done this before. He's been, at, as I said, the yeah. biggest clubs in their countries. It was all part and parcel for him of the game. You know, he's part of the, almost part of the sort of culture and system. He's a winner. And that's why we brought him in. The way he spoke as well was amazing. He, he speaks English better than me, you're going to say. Yeah. I was going to say you lot uh, over there. But, um, but yeah, he speaks, he speaks very well. He communicates very well. He came across like a, an absolute king. And uh, that's what we've brought. Excellent, excellent. Finners, from the outsider's point of view, and without, you know, being too patronising and saying, tell us how great our new shiny signing is at Liverpool, <laughs> what do you make of the um, the signing of Alcantara into the Premier League? Is it one you're excited to see, you know, as an outsider, or is it something you don't really give two hoots about? <laughs> well, to be honest, with, with Wolves, the, the level that we're at, we're sort of... Liverpool and Man City and those teams are sort of, I don't pay too much attention to. I sort of look at the ones that we could maybe catch and take their yeah. place or whatever. So Liverpool and Man City, we sort of let them get on with their stuff. Although we, we seem to beat Man City a lot easier than we managed to beat Liverpool. But um, but no, yeah, it's a really just... Long may it last. It's just a gorgeous signing. It's a, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just, I, I particularly watched him in the, the lockdown Champions League um, when there was all the news about him potentially coming to the Premier League. And yeah, just... Just a, a lovely play, just to witness uh, him on the ball. I, I went to to Barcelona once uh, to flow over there to watch a game, and just the way they they bring those players through, like they're bringing on youth players, um, and it's just they've all just it's like they just pump these guys out with unbelievable touch, unbelievable, just unbelievable everything. So I'm excited to see him, not against Wolves necessarily, um, and I like the chant as well from an outsider's perspective. That chant's very oh, of very course, catchy, so, uh, <laughs> what, what chant? Yeah. Oh, he's got a song already. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. I'd never no. heard it before, but it's, it yeah, works perfectly. Yeah, you've been on the too much. It, it goes, I mean, <laughs> don't even dare. I'm not even going to try to start singing it now. I don't well, know it off the top of my head, so we'll <laughs> let Grizz take this one. Well, you listen, I mean, I don't mind, right? But Tiago Alcantara. Tiago. Tiago Alcantara. Lucy well, was on Belton went out on the Twitter today on the guitar. Lucy was giving us a great rendition, and I know he's in the chat there somewhere. Well, for for two people that didn't know it, all, a didn't know it all at the top of the head, and flat he refused to sing it. Um, he's made a good go with that. Fair play to you. That's what we're here for. No, Give the people no, no, what they I mean, want. No, what I was going to say was I don't mind singing it, but sort of the viewership and listenership might go down. So it's a balance. It's up to you. You risk it, or me singing it, or join the viewership to go down. You know, so. No, That's why I'll, 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 I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll pick it up after the, on the internet um, afterwards. If I'll that's tell you what, we'll have it ready for Sunday. That's it. For the podcast show, for the, for the, for the, I'll have it ready for Sunday. I'll do a rendition of it on Sunday. Okay. okay. We, we, have, we have two tones down for the show, and I'm not saying it's because me and Grizz were singing that song, but it's a bit of a... No, we, we, we get two thumbs down before we even start. This is what happens ah, now. It's all right. Oh, yeah, that's okay. true, yeah. But someone said in the thing, well, let's, uh, uh, hey, Finis, don't mention uh, Jota until we get 500 likes. Um, uh, but you know what? Have you got the breaking news? Like people are actually screen recording our plea for likes and, la and laughing like sort of, you know, as we're, like we're kids asking for like toffees and sweets. Like, yeah. Can we explain why we're asking uh, for likes, uh, you know? I'm not going into this again. Continue. Yeah, continue. Yeah, but anyway, yeah exactly. Um, like, you know, we'll, weirdos, weirdos on we've... Twitter. 
we've got our views on on Thiago. We've got Finner's view on Thiago, and I want to. We're going to just look at a couple of games that are happening over the weekend before we move on to the Wolves news and the Liverpool news. So the only other really match we want to talk about is the Man U v Palace, which is happening on Saturday. Um, as with it being the fourth game that United have since the restart. Um, Gav, I'll come to you on this one. Manuel Palace is the one that's exciting you. How do you think it's it's at Old Trafford? So, how do you think that'll um, pan out? You know, it'll beat them handy. Um, I think mm-hmm. I think Palace won there last season. Mm-hmm. If I remember yeah, right, I think um, and Van Anhalt scored at the Van end. Van Anhalt, he did, he did. Um, but I think you know it's the extra week off. I think they've had a couple of friendlies in that. Um, they were showing good form towards the end of the season. There's no doubt about that. They, they messed up in the Europa League. They should have won that Europa League and they messed up. But I think, to be honest with you, they'll have too much for Palace. Um, I think Palace beat Southampton on the open day of the season, didn't they? 1-0. They were quite fortunate though. I think Danny Ings could have scored near the end. Yeah. And Roy Hodgson usually does this. He can go on a run of three or four and then realises, oh, I'm way too high in the table. Yeah. And he loses three or four on the bounce to get himself back into some sort of medium. So... For me, I think it'll be interesting to see what United go with because they're they're fairly front loaded. Like you know, as a side, you know they're trying to find a left back. Um, you wouldn't you wouldn't be mad about their centre halves, their right back, their keeper is a bit up in the air because they're giving some lad one hundred and twenty grand a week and he hasn't played a game for United yet. Um, yeah. And then the midfield. They're, you know they're fairly well stacked in midfield, but what way is he going to go with that? And then, of course, they have a they have a lot of talent up front. So, but I think they'll have too much for Palace. I think, I think United will run out. They'll win by two goals. I think. Yeah, um, Finners will come to you, Man U, Palace. How do you see that going? Do you think United have any momentum to carry into this season, or is is there sort of negativity around them with the the lack of transfer activity and things like that? Yeah, I think it's difficult to judge. It's Man United and Man City that both haven't played, isn't it? Because we've got Man City, obviously, as well. I'm not knowing how they played in that first week, how teams are lining up. Um, I did like the look of Crystal Palace on a, on a different note. I thought Eze, when he came on, looked very useful. Um, had a, an eye on him. We've always been in the championship for so long. You see players like that come through. Um, and I like the look of him. Um, and maybe Zahar, Townsend, Ayu, can they? I, I'm I'm kind of hoping Man United don't get something, to be honest. So I'm trying to create a scenario in my head. But realistically, I think they should have enough. I think left back and right wing are the two areas that they highlighted. Still haven't got those in. And I think that is a sort of cloud over them, isn't it? That they've just been... I mean, they're even dealing... I think it's 20 million. They all they need to pay for Tellez and they're still trying to penny pinch over that. So it's uh, it must be frustrating for them. Um, but then again, they splashed 40 million on, on Donny van der Beek as well. But yeah, I, th- I think they should be okay, really, realistically. Um, but I hope they don't. <laughs> That's their kind of optimism when it comes to Man U. I like that. <laughs> I can get right behind that sort of carry on. Grizz, Man U versus Palace. Um, Finner's touched on, you know, Donny van der Beek is going to be a good addition to that team. You know, he, he is an exciting player. He's he's a, a tidy player. And Dutch players, technically, we all know Dutch players are, are very technically very good. And they'll mm. tend to adapt when they come to the Premier League, uh, is it? Do you think Van der Beek can be prominent? Is he? Is he? He played in the friendlies. Is he likely to feature in this game? Do you think? I'm pretty sure he'll feature, but I kind of, sort of, whether he starts because I think you've got to remember, or 
most people remember, man, you know, I had a quite a settled system and quite a settled 11, which um, sort of, you know, got them into a bit of form. I'm not as... Um, I'm not as I'm not as bleak as you guys are about Palace's chances. I genuinely think Palace can 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 get them or can get a draw or, or, or you know hurt them. They've got the forward players to hurt them. Zaha, Eze, if they play together, they will be a handful for anyone in this league. Uh, um, and uh, Ayu is a streaky kind of striker, isn't he? If he goes yeah. on a run, he can get sort of three four in a in quick succession. Um, I don't know if Townsend's um, in the team on a regular basis. I don't know. Um, but he tends to sort of turn up for the big games only. Do you know what I mean? He's one of those players that you don't see or hear, but in the big games, he scores like against your Man City's crackers or against Liverpool's, you know. So um, I don't know this. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if Man United are going to run away with it. I think if they do win, it's going to be a scrappy win. I don't think Man United are in a positive positive mindset positive vibe as a club there's a lot of lot of um stress over there they seem very stressed which is you know beautiful um <laughs> but um but yeah i think i think if they win it'll be a very narrow very narrow win i'm going for yeah it's 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 a strange one to call last season's game i think it was one of the early games as well and i think man you equalized in the 85th minute or something and Palace went up to their end straight away and got the, the goal to put them ahead um, it's a hard one to call because Hodgson we all know he's he's not the most maybe um, attacking and may uh, exciting manager for teams but that might be enough to frustrate uh, Man U who'll you know they're a week behind and you know they'll be itching to go but if they get off to a bad start, it could really, mm. um, it could really play on them. I, I've this huge thing about them. I think they came back well from the lockdown last season. They, they done well. You know, we can't say they didn't. As Gav said, they should have been severe and won that Europa League, <clears throat> but they didn't. And I'm just, it was like everything was going settled side, same eleven every week, and it sort of worked out well for them. Now I think if they get off to a poor start that could pile the pressure on. And we might actually see maybe a bit of desperation on the transfer front from Man U. And mm. I love desperate Man U when they go into the the transfers, you know, because this summer there's been a lot of talk and Gav will come back to you about additions to Man United and players that they're looking to bring in and, and who they want to bring in and who they've actually brought in. The longer that goes on, are they going to make many more additions to that squad, do you think? It'll be difficult. Um, now, I'm saying that on a day where Liverpool sign Thiago and look like they're just going to announce Jota, um, if not tonight, in the morning. So you can, you can do things quick, but... United, just people have said it in the chat, United remind me of Liverpool 20 years ago. Yeah. And I don't mean the, I don't mean the size of the club. I don't mean, you know, how big they are or, you know, the infrastructure of the club. The... the the way they're trying to do business, it's it's way too open. You know, yeah. it, like the Sancho thing is imminent for nine weeks. I keep making that joke, but it's true. You know, yeah. they, they keep telling you it's imminent. They keep telling you it's it's nearly there. Then then they've agreed with uh, 
Sancho. Then they've agreed with Sancho's agent. Then they've agreed with an intermediary. Then they, they then they've um, been on to they've actually made their way to Dortmund, and Dortmund are flatly refusing to take anything less than the hundred and eight million pound. Is it? Yeah. Um, and they want it all up front. And the reason they want it up front is because you know they've made this so public. And it's become a public battle of wills. Instead of saying absolutely fuck all, and they must have so many leaks in that club. So many. Yeah. And listen, I personally know they do. Personally. All right. Um, and I can't say why, but I, I, I genuinely, um, I can tell you they got ahead of themselves about four or five weeks ago with this thing. And way ahead of themselves before anything was even, even revealed. But the, the, the thing about it is, it's it's now a saving face operation. And, you know, I've seen something today about them maybe, you know, claiming that the media and social media have, have, have hampered their attempts to sign players. That is the most ludicrous thing I have ever, ever heard. Ludicrous. As a, an absolutely massive, massive football club in the top five football clubs in the world, easily, to be telling people, if true, that social media has hampered their transfer policy and their transfer window, that is horrendous. And the people re- responsible for transfers, if they actually stand over that, or if it's any way true, they shouldn't have a job. It's, it's as simple as that. And what's happening now is, is that, you know, they they kind of have to put all their eggs in this Sancho basket. I think you'll still go there, but they're going to have to pay absolutely everything that Dortmund want. And they're running out of time. Donny van der Beek is a very good signing for them. He's a really good signing for them. But but when you look around, is the middle of midfield where they needed it? I'm not too sure. You know, they're talking about Tellez at left back. They probably still need a centre back. You know, the Sancho. It's it's going on and on and on now. What are we, 16th of September? 18th. 18th, 18th, something you see. You know, I don't even know what day it is. Um, But... <laughs> but we're talking about what 17, 18 days left in the transfer window. And listen, if Dortmund want to drag this to the absolute debt, the longer it goes on, the more they'll pay for Sancho. And yeah. even if they get him, they have shown the world that listen, they can be absolutely handballed around during yeah. a transfer window and will just take what they're given, and that's it. So uh, they, they seem to do a lot of talking. Um, a lot of United fans seem to be doing a lot of talking over the last month or so about what they were going to do, including Sidon Thiago, by the way. And now they're looking at Liverpool, who have just went along and went, we need a left-back, bang. We need a centre midfielder, bang. We need someone for the front three that can challenge. We're going to do that. And we'll possibly look at a centre-half, which we might get on to later. And we're done. And we'll possibly have it all done before they actually go and get anything that's a priority for themselves. It's, it's, it's absolutely off the wall. It is the strange corner they backed themselves into. And Finners, I'll come to you now. Gav mentioned there about the leaks at, at United, and it's it, it's true. It's it's Neil Ashton went in there to some sort of um, PR guru of some sort, and there's been nothing but PR disasters really since he went in from the the Ed Woodward uh, people going to Ed Woodward's house last year and. Uh, singing songs about killing the fella and all. it's just been a, an absolute nightmare and a disaster you know they've had the issue with Harry Maguire over the summer they've had the uh, Mason Greenwood's come in for a bit of stick as well in the media you know it's just it's all gone wrong for them and I they're, as Gav said they're a huge club but when you're looking at that again right, we look at it as Liverpool fans and we have a vested interest in how you know they're doing or how bad they're doing from a Wolves fans point of view how do you see the way they do their business? Do you look at them and think big club or do you think and no? Because your club have done some smart business over the last few years. How do you view United's um, current situation? 
I think it's more difficult for them being such a, a big club, as you say, as you say, with leaks and stuff, with Wolves being quite sort of uh, quietly going about the business. I mean, with the business we've done this summer, like this Jota deal has come out of nowhere. Fabio Silva was was found in a restaurant the night before, and that was the first thing we heard before he signed the next day. Um, so I think it's much easier as a club of our size. So I do, in a way, feel, feel sorry for him in that sense. But I think they've got to realise at that point, you just got to, they they know like everyone knows they've got money. They know they've got money, so they just, at this point they've just got to sort of whack it on the table and go, "There you go, lads." Sort of show out how big they are, or whatever. But I suppose you can't. I I don't really look into it too much, so I haven't got much to say. I'm just glad I'm in the position of Michael that you sort of know what's going on. I don't know how much longer it's going to be like that because if we want to be yeah. in with the big boys, it's not. But you feel like you almost know everything that's going on, or or we keep it. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's weird. I can't really imagine that perspective, but it must be frustrating that you can't just. It can't be too simple, like you say. This imminent Sancho for nine weeks. The fans must be tearing their hair out that, that, that like that the things aren't just easy. It's not just like bang, here you go, here's the money, let's get it over the line. Sorry, Keith. Yeah. Can I just say something? Yeah. If you go back, if you go back, possibly a year, possibly two years ago, Gary Neville had a major not breakdown, but he, he had a major. He, he got he spoke very passionately about Manchester United and the hierarchy there and things from the very top of the club that he felt was completely wrong and was holding them back and would hinder them. And listen, as time went on, he tried to speak them up. You know, the famous thing where he said, you know, he would win a title again before Liverpool and Salah would leave. And that's coming back to haunt them a little bit. But I, for, for me, instead of that improving, after, after, in fairness, Gary Neville knows Manchester United inside out. And when he speaks passionately, he's speaking because he loves the club. Whether we like him or not, you know, you have to look at it from that context. And I can honestly tell you that since Gary Neville said that I thought they were going to, they were going to, you know, sort themselves out. They were probably going to, yeah. might get rid of Woodward or they might just say, listen, we're putting four or five people in absolute control here and nothing gets outside that circle and maybe that'll help. And all I've seen from Manchester United is just rambling along, leaks all over the place, trying to make transfers happen and being an absolute disaster. And... If Gary, in, in all fairness, like Gary Neville has no I- influence over Manchester United, but if Gary Neville is saying that as a fella that played there for so many years, has so many titles, so many trophies, England caps, he's held in such high esteem oh, there. Captain. Yeah, yeah. If he if he's saying that, some people should really listen because he knows every fibre of that club. And for me, they have changed nothing, absolutely nothing. And it's got to the stage now where they've probably gone too far that if they start trying to change and you now people are going to go oh well it's too late anyway too late you know you, you should have done this years ago they're in a no-win situation and the Glazers don't care they're taking money out of the club week or month on month year on year yeah. you know they, they bought the club on a load of loans they don't care you know and at the end of the day they'll get their money's worth when it's all over I just see them rambling on and on and on Keith I'm being honest with you I can't see I can't see where they go from here because you know what? It used to be the thing where United could spend their way over. They can't even spend their way over now, Keith. Yeah, it's a very good point, Grizz. I'll come to you like what Gav says there. There, there was a time that they could just throw money and they can take this, that and the other. But we're in a situation now where, look, Finners is on here. We could say, look, Wolves are bringing in players like Ruben Neves and bringing in um, Fabio Silva, exciting Raul Jimenez. You know, exciting players, they're getting their business done. But United just seem to be stuck in the mud nearly there they they won't change it they can't change it because they're too invested in they're too invested in woodward now so it's it's just a, the, a disaster um, 
I'm, I'm going to make it brief because I think we've spent too much on Man United, too much time on Man yeah. United. I hate talking about Man United. But Good man. Look, the reason why we can sort of speak and um, uh, about Man United and the situation they're in is because we've been there. Yes. As Liverpool, as, as a Liverpool, as a Liverpool football club, has seen and been stuck in the mud like Man United are now, and we're seeing the same mistakes that they are making that we made, and you know, I've unfortunately got a lot of Man United friends, um, and I say to them, guys, we thought like this. What you're saying, this is denial, and mm-hmm. we were making the same mistakes, and we were we were doing the same moves and the same hysteria. Now we'll be fine. We're not going to. Lo- and suddenly 30 years, you know, passed. Um, so we can talk from experience in terms of, you know, how you can end up in this kind of situation. But look, long may it last. Next. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. No, well, what about there, Grizz? I want to get your prediction on the game, the score. I think Man United will draw. Draw. 1-1. One, one. One, one. Excellent. Finners, what do you reckon for a score? I'll go with you, Grizz, but I'll go. I'll go Desmond two all, two all, and Gav uh, three one to Manchester United. Guys, yeah, I think guys, three nil. Yeah, breaking news, breaking news. The Athletic, Grizz. Yeah, Paul Joyce is a Liverpool correspondent. Um, Finnis, he's just confirmed we've agreed a fee. Mel ready 40, as well. Forty-one million. Rising mm. to 45 million in a separate deal. Hoover is going at 9 million plus 4.5 in add ons. So you can say, oh, there million. you go, it's up there anyway. Yeah. So, you know, maybe that's a good segue into sort of, it I is. don't know where you want to go. <laughs> no, that is where exactly where we were going to segue because we were going to talk about Man City and Wolves. Man City, does anyone want to talk about Man City? No, no fuck them. No. Fuck them, get them out of here, Sad. no interest. So Wolverhampton <laughs> Wanderers. Um, and Finners, we, we have you on. We, we we want to hear the Wolves angle. We we know the rumour coming out today was that Liverpool were, were deep in talks for, for um, Diogo Jota and Keanu Hoover going, going the opposite way. So first off, your opinion on Jota and what A, what you feel Wolves will lose and B, what you think Liverpool can gain from a player like him? Well, Jota, I've gone on so many podcasts and put my neck on the line so many times as because Wolves players get linked away all the time. Neves, Traore, Jota, and I've said uh, Neves, Traore, Jimenez, and I've said Jota will be the guy that's there the whole time. He was sort of the first player that came in that started this whole project when we got Nuno uh, in the Championship. Came on loan, quite a risk to be honest to come on loan to a Championship club at the level he was at. I think um, the Neves deal was sort of leaked, and then Jota was leaked the next day, and everyone was hyping over Neves. And I said um, he went. He went from Porto, no, went to Atletico Madrid, Atletico but never Madrid, played yeah. a game for them because he yeah, came he on loan to Porto, loan. then us. Yeah. Um, and then okay. we signed him on a permanent after our loan because um, he was unbelievable in the championship, um, which you'd hope if you've just <laughs> spent that money on him. Um, but he came in and people were hyping over Neves. And I said, I, I don't think you guys realise how good this, this guy is going to be. Uh, ironically, I packed him in a pack on FIFA the year before. I thought, who's this Diogo Jota kid? Had a, had a deeper search into him. And then the next season, Wolves were linked. Um and in the championship, he tore it up. I, I, in the last season, it it's, it's really split the fan base, if I'm honest. The last season, he has been so inconsistent. Um, I think it's more, as I was talking to Grizz about, it's more the um, the sentiment of what he's done for Wolves. He sort of started this whole project off. He was unbelievable wow. in that first season in the Premier League. Um, and he's 
if you had to, he's a very streaky player. He looks like Ronaldo one day, and the next day he's he's looking absolutely useless. So, if you've got Jota on his day, everyone said today he's Wolves' best player by far. But his day has been happening less and less. If you know what I mean. So, yeah. I think last season he made a contribution in five games, either a goal or an assist, and he played forty something. But then there were some games in the Europa League he was banging hat tricks and he was looking unstoppable. So if you can get the right tune out of him and, and find his day more, which I think with your manager, I think you'd be hoping you can, um, then you've got a hell of a player there. But it was, it's was it been so frustrating in that last season. But the last three before that, he's you could argue, yeah, Wolves' is best player in the last few years. It's, it's, a, it's a really strange one, really strange. Yeah, and uh, positionally, um, we know he's a forward player. Is he? Is he more central, or I know he tends to drift out to the left a fair bit. Does he play from the left hand side, or does he tend to tuck in behind Jimenez at Wolves? Or what's his? What are his main attributes? Do you think? Like, if you know how Liverpool play, does yeah. he have the attributes to suit that type of system? Well. For me, he's always been best as a second striker. We've played him as a lone striker. It doesn't really work. I think that sort of shadow striker, second striker role is his perfect role. He's capable on the wing. I mean, the whole championship season, he played left wing exclusively, I think. Um, and then he's found in the Premier League, he's found it a lot tougher there. He's been far better when he was up top in a two with Jimenez, sort of like that big man, little man going going back a few years. Um, but that was his best role. As for Liverpool, I think he'd be better in one of your wide forward positions just because they act more like strikers than, than our sort of wingers do. Um, so being able to cut in on the left onto his right foot. In that Firmino role, I get, you could try it. I don't What are your guys'... I mean, you, you have sometimes played a 4-2-3-1 as well, whether he could play just behind the striker as well. But versatility-wise, any of those three positions, I'd be interested to see him in. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, it definitely... For me, on the left wing for Wolves anyway, he wasn't pulling up any trees. But I'd be interested to see maybe he could play behind the striker or in that sort of Mane role, whether he'll be better in the system that you play. Um, but he's got two two great feet, um, just a, an unbelievable, powerful shot. So, I, sadly, I think he's going to do really well, and I think uh, you'll get a tune out of him. But for the last sort of year or so, I mean, he, he'd sort of migrated, gone from, from the first name on the team sheet to sort of on the bench. So, it's, yeah. a, it's a really strange one. It's hard to, to make sense of it. Yeah, no, and that's fair to be honest because when I heard about the links last night, we were actually doing the show last night talking about the Thiago news and people start breaking that Liverpool were interested in Jota and it took me by yeah. surprise a bit and I was a bit underwhelmed. Now, the more I looked back at it and looked it, looked up a lot of his uh, stats and a lot of his videos and all that, I was like, yeah, okay, I could see why he'd be a Liverpool toy player, he'd be a club toy player. Yeah. But it was initially I thought he was our favour there at Wolves. So it sort of ties in that maybe started well and and maybe tailed off a bit. But Gav, I'll come to you. Um, the the news of Jota, do you see Jota as maybe a Firmino replacement? And I know Finners were saying maybe he'd be more effective behind the striker. But do you think you, Klopp could mould him into that false knowing that'll play central but will drop deep? to allow the Salas and the Manes to get in ahead of him? Could you see him fulfilling that role or do you see him as a wide player? All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. 
it's it's interesting when you look at it because I, I, I you know as Finner says he's predominantly played wide for wide for um, Wolves and he can tuck in behind Jimenez who's another fantastic player by the way and but could Klopp do this Klopp could do whatever he wants him. I'm being honest yeah. with you he could turn around and tell him he's a holding midfielder tomorrow and he just make the fella hold the <laughs> midfielder and I'm not and that's not being that's not being ridiculous he, he could literally make anyone anything you know it, you don't know. He's probably looked around and went, do you know what? He could really do a job here for us, even though I've seen him. And listen, Klopp's seen Wolves over the last couple of years. He's obviously come up against Jota and the likes and, and, and seen something in him. For me, it, it's, an in, it's an interesting signing because we thought we'd go for raw pace. A lot of people yeah. did. You know, Sar was linked. I don't know whether we duped Sar a little bit um, and put a bit in and, and then just went, we want the other fella, but we put this in here. And, you know, we've seen it happen already this summer um, with yeah. Liverpool and, and um, Jamal Lewis. When it comes to this player, though, if you look at it, it screams to me of a, of a system change, Keith. I'm going to be honest with you. And, and, and what I mean by that is, is that if he if he goes with a if he goes with a four three three you're going okay the front three are the front three and now you're looking at Origi you're probably looking at Minamino and you're probably looking at Jota right now but if he goes four two three one he could possibly get him into that side he could switch Mane or he could leave Mane where he is he could bring he could drop Firmino back he could put Salah up top and he could play a Jota and then you then you could genuinely look at you know. Minamino as being a Firmino replacement in a number 10, not a number 9. So it does scream to me, maybe not a system change, but it becomes much more of an option. You know, and instead of trying to maneuver that system that he might want and doesn't have the personnel, I think with, with Minamino trying to look to play maybe in a 10, with Jota being available on either side, enabling Salah to be freed up, it makes the move from 4-3-3, both from the start of a game and during a game, a hell of a lot easier when you have A, Thiago, and you have B, Jota. Because, let's be honest, Thiago can play anywhere you want in midfield. And Jota looks like he can be playing a various amount of positions. So, for me, a very intelligent signing. It's one where I don't think Klopp sees it as a project. I know he's only 23, but he will see it as something where he will be versatile and he will be he will enable a change of system when needed whether that's mid game or as i said or before games or you know when we're starting out games so i like it um i'm i'm a bit surprised at 41 million um for a team that have no money yeah. um so i'm a little bit, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised but i haven't said that they have put hoover in the in the in between 9 and 13 with a 15% sell-on. So they're probably looking at it going, listen, it's working out at, I don't know, 30, you know, the kind of way. And we take we take that hit and we play them off each other as things go. So I'm happy with it. I think he's a very interesting signing. And I think he'll, I, I, I'd be fairly confident he'd be, he'd, be in a, he'd, be, he'd be a success at Liverpool. Yeah, Grizzle, come to you. It's, it's, Gav mentioned about a, a formation change, a system change there with the, the signings we've made. Is that something you can see happening with the, the personnel that are already there? The likes of a Minamino may suit a 4 2 3 1 more than a 4 3 3. Do you think that's the direction we could go or is it just more options? Probably a bit of both. I'm, I'm buzzing about this signing. I'm sorry, Finners. 
um, totally opposite sort of, you know, He's not. to the, to, to, well, no, I am, I am, I feel it. Um, but I'm buzzing. I think he's an absolute, absolute beast of us little plays. is is very underrated. Um, I see a lot of similarities between him and Bellamy. Do you remember Craig Bellamy that used to play for us? And a yeah. bit of bit a bit of Maxi Rodriguez about him as well. I don't think he's a through the center type of striker. I think he's the type of mobile forward in the modern game that just likes to have sort of a free will. In fact, he's pretty much like Minamino in, in our current squad, current team. Very intelligent. I was chatting to a few uh, uh, guys that I know from Wolves. Finners didn't sort of reply to my text. But um, um, they were saying he's actually very quick. They were saying you'll be surprised, especially in the first 50 metres, He's as, probably as quick as anything they said. And, and they even mentioned Adama Traore. They said he's very fleet-footed, not over a period of sort of, not, not over a, 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 long, a long stretch, but sort of a 30, 40-meter sprint. He's very deceptively quick, and we love that kind of player. I can just imagine him getting on the end of sort of Thiago's through balls already. Um, again, I, I'd, I'd consider him as another weapon in the armory. I consider him as a huge upgrade on the likes of a, a Wilson or Shakiri or Divock, you know, even Brewster, dare I say it, in my opinion, he's a better player than all of those. Um, so someone's come out with more news, lads. Rigi is off. I don't know if that's... Um, Antico's uh, saying that, and Antico's a, a, a consistent listener to the show. Oh, so right. Ant, if oh. Ant wants to tell us, and loads of people are saying it now. Paul um, Joyce is set to, well, that doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me at all. We, we've discussed it, that if a good offer comes in for Origi, he will be sold. Um, we'll obviously wait for confirmation of people if they've got, um, okay, so it's just likely to leave. There's nothing sort of... Official. I don't see I don't see a spot for Divock Origi. Sorry to cut across it, Chris, but I don't see a spot for him now because this this looks like this looks like now we're going to rely on on pace pace with Salah and we're going to rely on pace with Manning and we have to switch it up. We're going to go a little bit more. Look, they're very intelligent players, but we're going to go a little bit more. You know, camped in people's halves and and a little bit more goyle. You know, and both those players have amazing goal. Don't get me wrong, but they may need to, they may may need move positions um, throughout throughout games. And this is where we're looking to not exploit through pace. We're going to look to exploit through short, quick passing and and you know through balls and stuff like that. So that's where there's no spot for Diva Origi for me. No, I mean generally, generally I was struggling to see a spot for Origi on the basis of how our game's looking to evolve anyway, and this sort of explains it and nails it, the purchase of a jotter-type forward as opposed to a target man or a striker or even the sort of selling of Brewster indicates to me there is a possible change of formation. Um, Finners will know more, but I'm not sure if Jota's played sort of through the centre as as the one um, many times or has he. He's, he's often used as a little man, big man, partnership, isn't he? Or on the flanks. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there was a... Brief period in the championship where we had um, 
Costa, Cavalero, Jota, and they all sort of fluidly rotated. We found the championship quite easy. So by the end, we were sort of experimenting. Yeah. Uh, and he did a few times, but it, it is definitely, for me, anyway, he's definitely better in a in a tour up front or someone bigger that he can then run off. As you say, he's quite quick over that first um, 20, 30 metres. As you were comparing with Liverpool players as well, I've always said over the years, like he's obviously not really been linked with Liverpool, but the way he dribbles sort of reminds me of how Suarez used to dribble, you know, sort of like it'd bash off a few ankles and all of a sudden he'd be in on goal and stuff like that. And he, he really reminded me of that, how the ball seemed to uh, be a magnet to his foot. All of a sudden he was in on goal because he's bundled it through a few players. Um, so he really reminded me of that as well. I wouldn't, yeah, not not Traore levels. We won't go that far. But, um, yeah, oh no, he's, definitely, he's pretty <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely quick. And I, I'm also, he's Finishing very... Yeah, probably one of the best finishes at the club when he's got no time to think about it. That's the oh. key thing. When he's th- through with maybe 50 metres to run one-on-one, he always misses. But when he's got to chest it down and whack it top corner for it to go in, it goes in. It's, it's strange. When he yeah, when he doesn't have to overthink it, he's a fantastic finisher. Always shoots with a lot of power. Um, Paul, Joyce, very... Paul Joyce sorry, didn't tweet. Sorry, a fake Thank Paul you. Joyce tweeted. So there you go. Sorry, <laughs> finish. No, no, about, you know, they're talking about the Rigi. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Better read, oh, yeah. no, the judge has confirmed, yeah. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Such, right. Yeah. Sorry for interrupting, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> no, no, not much more. It's just he's, um, the main thing that sort of endeared him to Wolves fans as well is that with a lot of our Portuguese players that have come in, they'll get kicked and they'll roll around. Jota will get back up and want to kick you back, that sort of thing. He's a very, I think the fans will really, really get on board with him. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. Grizz mentioned about a link um, very similar to Craig Bellamy. And that that is a trait that mm. Bellamy would have had as well. You know, he was a tigerish um, little attacker, you know. And it's a great trait to have. And certainly in the Liverpool system, I think he could really mm. flourish. Now, going the other way, we have um, Keanu Hoover. And a lot of Liverpool fans will be quite were quite shocked. I know I was quite shocked to hear about this deal going going across because me personally, I rate Hilver very highly based on the fleeting appearances I've seen of him. Now I haven't seen all too much of him, but what I have seen and read, I thought he was the the highest rated youth player we'd got up till a couple of years back. And that he's now being allowed to live relatively cheaply, even though he's only eighteen. It's a bit of a shocker for Liverpool, but how are the Wolves so taking it, getting a player like that in? Is there no excitement or is it just like, who's this lad? <laughs> well, I think he made, did he make his debut against us in the Cup? So I, I really, yeah. I remember him coming on, was yeah. it someone got injured and he came on? Lovren, yeah, um, Lovren got injured after about a minute. Yeah. Well, the, the main thing for Wolves is that he obviously he's been playing at right back mostly for you, but obviously we've religiously played with this five at the back. So is he going to be more of a wing back or more of a right-sided centre-half? So that's the thing I'm sort of curious about. I'd probably be leaning more towards centre-half, would that be fair, than a sort of attacking full-back, uh, wing-back even? He's played He's played underage um, for Holland and he does an awful lot of a right-back. Um, right. And he bombs forward. He's, yeah. Do you know what? Okay. And, I mean, and I mean this, He he's... To look at him, you would think Trent Alexander-Arnold, but I think he's more intricate in the way he plays than Trent Alexander-Arnold. And what I mean by that is no. Trent is very good at ball out of the feet and puts in ridiculously good balls into the box. Hoover looks, he's fast, he's strong, but he looks to play one-twos. He looks to be a, play a little bit more football in the final tour, if that makes sense. Right. Whereas Trent will kill you if you give him five yards of space. He will absolutely, he will crucify you. Um, mm. For me... People say he's a bit too small to be a centre-back. I don't go along with that. Not in today's game. I think you've made a brilliant sign. I think you've made a brilliant sign. I think 
I think it might be one that comes back to haunt Liverpool. I think it's a good looking deal at nine point five, rising to thirteen point five with fifteen percent that sell on. But if if he hits his potential, um, Wolves won't want to be getting rid of him. I that's how highly I rate Keanu Hoover. I I'm 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 probably agreeing with Gaff. He's not going to play centre back for you guys though. He won't. He's going to play okay. as an attacking wing back. Right. He's he's. I don't know who you replace Doherty with for that. Yeah, that's what use, I was going to ask. You use don't you sometimes? And sort of is a mixture, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's not set. It's not set. Doherty was your out and out sort of in that role. Now he's far more. See, I, I rate Doherty anyway. But yeah. with Hoover, you're going to find because he's, he's generally he's a kid anyway. So mm. generally, his his concentration powers of concentration are poor at the moment. But as a footballer, he's beautiful, absolute beautiful footballer, and I think that's why. And your manager loves mm. footballers. You know, yeah. you can see that with Neves, and you know, even your even even Cody is a footballing centre half. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So you know, and even. Romain Sais, you're the, the th- yeah. you know the left side of the footballer. Midfield right? turn, yeah, midfield right. turn defender. So that's yeah. what you're going to enjoy, Hoover, in terms of his elegance on the ball when he's going forward. He absolutely looks like a he looks like a, 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 mature, a player above his above his years. You know, sort of so silky. His passing, he can score goals as well. Defensively, he will have to adapt and learn. And I think that's why possibly we've let him go in terms of. Maybe his concentration to defending or instruction, maybe Klopp or something in that because for ten million or let's say thirteen million, if he achieves all the add-ons, it's an absolute bargain. You've got a player possibly that if you know your manager can get hold of and sort of put him in a system where he can be protected at times as well, and just let him play his football mm-hmm. when you've got the ball. Um, you've got an absolute bargain at thirteen million, in my opinion. That's, I that, think. That's my really promising. Man. Do you know what I? I think. I don't think anyone can deny Hoover's um, ability, I, and the ce- his ceiling is really, really high for me. What I do wonder though is, is that does he want to play centre back? And if he wants to play centre back, Liverpool don't see him as a centre back and see him more as a right back. And his path is being blocked there by obviously the best right back in the world, in my opinion. And you know Nico Williams that has stolen the march on him, probably because of Hoover being having niggly injuries here and there. I'm wondering if Hoover's looked at it and went, I want to play centre back and they're going, No, we see it as a, as we just see it as a right back and he's thought, Well I need to go. I need to go and play regularly. I'd I'd be interested to see when when he if and when he starts and starts playing for Wolves, if he does go in at centre half, because I think there's more room for him to play a centre half in a in a three man yeah. um defence than there would be in a two. You know? Right. Um because listen Connor Cody's playing centre back for for Wolves. He's a really good player, right? But he's always the free man, and they're not yeah. overly dependent on winning a lot of balls in the air because he's sweeping up everything. That's what he's there for. Mm-hmm. That's the whole idea of playing three at the back. So I'm just wondering if it's something there, a little bit like Brewster, that you know Brewster saying, "I want to play, I want to play, I want to play," and they're not going. I'm not too sure. And the only way out with this is possibly alone, but it looks like a, a permanent deal somewhere. I'm wondering if he if he just has found a club that will say, listen, we're willing to put you into a three-man defence central. Can't see it. Oh, maybe Can't not. See it. Maybe not, Grizz, but mm. if he's a centre-back and he sees himself as a centre-back, there's an absolutely gaping hole in Liverpool's squad to, to try to get in there. 
and he's not getting in there. Mm. So Liverpool are probably saying, no, you're a right back. And he's saying, well, I'm fucking not. I want to be a centre back. And this <laughs> is why it's materialist. And mm. there's, there's a hell, listen, if he, if he's not, if he's not getting a chance to centre back at Liverpool, the way things stand right now, with the way we're probably possibly looking at us to try to get a centre back in. Okay. He has way more chance of doing that at Wolves. And not because Wolves are below Liverpool, but, but the system Wolves play. And your right centre back nearly turns into a right back as well. You know that kind of way. It's the way you shift across, you keep shifting, you go left, you know, they, they, they literally, they're, they're just moving left and moving right and you're only playing with one centre-half really and that's Conor Cody. Mm. So it, it might be interesting to see that when he does play, but I would expect him to be right on, right in the Wolves squad straight away and pushing hard because I think he's, I think he's a fabulous player. Who would you have a right back, Finners? Who's, who's the option now with Doherty gone? I know Gris said a Traore, but there must be a defensive option, is there? It's a square peg in a round hole if we do it. That's the, the whole shock. If anything, we would say we need a, a player to come in and be back up for Doherty. Not only have we sold Doherty, we've, we've sort of got no one there. So Adama has played there the first two games. Um, then we've sort of gone with two up front because we, we normally sort of play the 3-4-3. Three, three, then we've sort of gone to the 3-5-2, which allows him to get a little bit further forward. But defensively, he's... He's really lacking. Even just simple things like offside, you see Connor yeah. Cody. I mean, he's like five yards behind the line of defence and Cody's screaming at him because he's just not aware in that sort of sense. He wants to go forward. So um, we've had a, a young kid play in the cup last night, play there that's um, been there four or five years and only really made two or three appearances. So it looks like he'll be off on loan and there's there's no one there, to be honest. So at yeah. the moment, he walks straight in whether he's whether he's any good or not. Yeah. Um, the, interesting, the interesting thing is we rated and everyone is raving about him from a Liverpool point of view about Hoover being the sort of this future talent. It's interesting to note that we haven't put in a, a buyback clause and we're looking to do that for a lot of our players and youngsters, mm. including Brewster. We haven't done that with Hoover. So, you know, it's, we've got a sell-on clause for him because we're anticipating him probably in the future going for a, a good amount of money. But I think overall, in terms of sort of the deal that we've got in terms of Jota as well, you know, overall, I think it, it's not too bad because cons- listening to Finners and saying that they haven't got a, a genuine right-back or mm. wing-back, per se, you know, it makes sense for both parties, I think, this deal then in that case. Yeah, it's an int- it's certainly an interesting one, and it will be uh, right. It's going to come too soon. He won't be registered um, to play this weekend. But you have Man City this weekend, um, Finners, and that is at Molyneux, I think, is it? Yeah, 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 Monday. Yeah, and it's on Monday, Monday night at Molyneux. How do you fancy your chances against them? Well, last year we did the double. Um, I think I-, I was on a Man City preview earlier, actually, and I think. The game at Molyneux, especially when we came from 2-0 down to win 2-2. It was, yeah, but it was also, I know fans like to think they're important, but literally that game, I think the fans Mm. won it. The sort of atmosphere, it gets clipped up all the time, the atmosphere that we generated that night. And Wolves are one of the teams I I lot like, maybe you guys as well, that have struggled without that crowd there because it's a a key factor. Um, So I'm not as confident as I usually would be. Um, I don't think we've yet, I think we've lost to Man City once in about six or seven games. We even drew with them when we were in the championship in the cup. So I always feel confident tomorrow, not so confident. I'd take a draw now, snap your hand off for a draw with no real, no real right back. I guess he won't be able to be registered as well, would he? Unless with us playing on Monday, would it be even so? It's usually had to be registered by lunchtime today. 
Right, okay. So, yeah, we're, it's going to be a Dharma then there, I guess, against the attacking talents of Man City. So, a little bit scared. Um, but, yeah, I'll snap your hand off for a draw now. And obviously, that'll help you guys as well. So, I guess, I guess you're hoping for the same. So, you're, we're going to tie you down to a draw. Score draw? No score draw? What do you think? Uh, I'll go one all for that one. One all. Yeah, why not? Why not? Um, <laughs> Optimistic. But... Yeah, no, I don't think so. Gavel, come to you. What do you reckon for the City of Wolves game? Do you know what? Like, he says there about doing the double over them last season and if you watch the way it was won last season they were very different victories for me yeah. you know mm-hmm. they're, they're losing at home aren't they I'm all in you 2-1 I think 2-0 yeah yeah 2-0 was it 2-0 yeah alright and they yeah. went 3-2 I thought it was 2-1 but I watched that game and the one thing I will say is that Wolves did cause them problems um, from throughout and you're right what you say with the crowd the crowd, even though they were behind, the crowd felt something was there. They felt if they could just get a break, that you know, mm. they could happen. And they're right, because City are bottlers, and that's the truth. So when you get one back, um, their heads go completely. I mean, they're not getting their own way. They're like spoiled brats. So it's it's a very good ploy to have. But they get it back. Is Aren't they trying to defend the ball down on the end line? Charlie wins it back. Isn't that one of the goals? Yeah, that, that gets yeah. clipped up all the time when he just yeah. bodies Mendy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, he bodies Mendy and he, and, he, and he gets it into the box or whatever and he, and he score. And then it is Doherty that scores the winner, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah on his left yeah, foot. Yeah, on his left foot. Yeah. So you see that sort of where it was real kind of rallying call and then they were, you know, tr- and get back into it. And they, they have the courage to go on and win it. And then if you go back to the, the Etihad, Wolves are excellent defensively. Excellent. They they have a brilliant shape. They know what they're trying to do. They're trying to nick balls in somewhere between the halfway line and their own box. Just in that, not too deep, but just 15 yards outside the box. And then they're trying to hit City. Mm. And that's exactly what they do to them. And it's an absolute masterclass that Wolves put on that day away at City. It's genuinely is. It was a masterclass they put on. Going into this one, they have a good win behind them. Sheffield uh, against Sheffield United, um, two really early goals, but it's a good win. Am I right? Please yeah. tell me I'm yeah, right. Yeah. I'm not just believing. Yeah, yeah. These are things <laughs> in my head. Um, yeah, yeah. I was kind of going. That could have been three years ago. I was watching <laughs> yeah. Premier League years earlier. I would have hangover. But, <laughs> no, but they did a really good win. Uh, two early goals and listen, a good win away at Sheffield United. It won't be an easy place to go this season, although with no crowds there, and maybe. But City are. We don't know what they are. We don't know how they've turned up, you know. People are giving it the big one about Nathan Aki and um, Ferran Torres. We don't know what way they're going to play. Uh, it looks like Sergio Guerrero's out for another two months, um, which is nice. And now you have Wolves off the back of a win. They've another week in their legs, proper competitive um, week in their legs. And Shawnee of this parish, um, and Shawnee be absolutely thrilled with that 5,000 subscribers all the way. He's just texted yeah. us to say, you've gone over 5,000 and he's absolutely made up for it and thanks a million to everyone. But Shawnee said, a mate of his texting the other day and went, a Man City mate of his just messaged him. They were talking in general and he's absolutely shitting it for the first eight games of the season. He feels it's an absolute minefield starting with Wolves on Monday. So I'm going to go I'm going to go with a 3-3 three, three draw, Keith. Lovely. Yeah. Lovely. yeah that's some, after all that context. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, you're a better side than was all things being equal. But yeah. I think when you look at all the factors here, so I think goals, is, there'll be loads of goals. It's a good time a few, to play. Put your, put your gaff on a nil-all draw, lads. <laughs> I think there's a few factors to balance up here. I, I, I agree that 
We don't know what the state of City is. It's going to be their first game. First game for most of the teams have tended to be a struggle. I don't think no one's impressed mightily out of the big boys or whoever's played, but including us. You know, we didn't look mightily impressive. Leeds looked impressive, but they lost. Arsenal, you could say, you know, but they were playing probably the, one of the poorest teams that would grace the Premiership in, in that Fulham team. But Wolves have, Wolves have got a, a, a game weak in their legs, I agree. And they're up to speed more than City will be. A, I think the lack of that crowd that you referred to that was created the atmosphere in, the, in that last season's mm. game um, was amazing. And Finn, as I remember you are watching your video where you alluded to the atmosphere and you just felt something in the crowd um, yeah. that if we get one here, there's something, you know, almost mm. like a Champions League night at Anfield, you know, where it's never over. You thought, you know. Yeah. And so that is a major factor, in my opinion, that's going to be hindering Wolves. Mm. I get and also, Finn, will know more, but I think... Uh, my mate, my older brother Nuno, does sometimes tend to <laughs> overcomplicate formations and the way he plays, and he's got to get the formation right because we know City struggle against pace. We know Pep's team will play on the halfway line, look to control the game, control the ball, and control everything. They hate being out of control. Wolves are probably opposite. They love playing on the counter attack. They've mm. got sort of the type of players that struggle to make um, chances against a deep line defense if you just back but if you if you give them space they've got the players to hurt you I know Jota was one of them and he won't be there that's another instance but but I so I think it's, it's going to be very close I do make Man City slight favorites but I think if, if, if Nuno can get the right formation the right tactics they could get something but I'm, I'm just going to go I'm going to go 2-1 City Unfortunately, this one. Yeah, absolutely atrocious. Yeah, it's it. I'm I'm going for a Wolves win as well. I think they'll catch City out. City haven't made any major um, improvements to that team, so I think oh, two I'm one wrong. Wolves. Very wrong. Two one Wolves. Um, right, we'll move on to the last game. We'll have a look at, and it's um, Chelsea at home to Liverpool. Um, Grizz, I'm going to come back to you. Is this a game you're looking forward to seeing? And is there any chance that we see our new number six playing in this game? Uh, he's uh, he's registered in time. He's eligible. Um, we made an effort, a conscious effort to make him eligible, which indicates that there may be ideas of putting him in the squad. Now, many people will say now Klopp always sort of waits and sort of lets players train and get into the sort of mode of things, and especially with the way we play. But this guy, you know, I told you, you can give him a football and tell him to go and play in your conservatory and, you know, he'll play and go and put him on a beach, he'll play. He can do anything with a football anytime, any place. It's not one of those that he has to sort of, you know, he's an intelligent player amongst anything else. Above anything else, he's the most intelligent footballer you can find. So from that aspect, I don't think it will be that mad of a shout to put him in the squad just to get him used to the surroundings and everything and the players. I very much doubt if he, if he gets on the pitch. But let's see. Jurgen Klopp's a madman. Jurgen Klopp, no one can second-guess Jurgen Klopp. So if he decides to do that, I'm very intrigued about this game. It's a very much... 
I know it's only second game, but it's a crucial game already, especially around the narrative about Liverpool being found out. We know how there's a blueprint out there to how to stop Liverpool or beat Liverpool. Every other club's talking about it now. And, you know, there's a lot of noise trying to be created by the outside, um, outside of the Liverpool sphere, sort of in terms of we know what you're about now. Well, it's time to stand up and play like champions, show the mentality of champions. No bigger test, I think, probably apart from City away, no bigger test at the moment in Chelsea away, the hipsters team, the golden boys, you know, the billionaires club, all that stuff, name on everyone's lips, Chelsea, Chelsea. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good time. It's also a dangerous time. It's an exciting time. I think, uh, I think it's easily the game of the weekend. Um, do you want my prediction as well? We'll throw it in there. Why not? Yeah, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to go two, two. This one, yeah. <laughs> the 2-2 two, two was back and um, Gav before I before I go to Finners before I go to Finners Gav um, can we have a little chat about Instagram and yeah the other stuff that's happening so we're going to be doing Instagram live before the match tomorrow I think you were going Sunday it's Sunday Sunday I'm going to look after that um, but it's it, we've started up a new um, platform on What's it? Uh, Flick, Flick Sports Flick, app. Flick Sports app. Yeah. Yeah. So. so, so what's happening is we we were using Discord and it, people liked it. Don't get me wrong, but this this app um is very straightforward. You download it. It the link is in the description below this video. Um, it's available on Apple and Android uh, stores, so it's absolutely fine. You go when you download this app. You go when you go in. It allows you to join a. I think it's join a room or join a chat and via code and you just hit the code you hit the code button type in trippers chats all one word trippers chats um and that's it you're in um we have polls going on in there we have chats about transfers chats about the shows chats about the weekend's games there's loads of stuff going on and if people want different sort of stuff put in there absolutely go and let us know um let us know in there and we'll add it in this idea is the amount of viewers that are watching this now is just going up and up and up so the and the majority of my are amazing. Some of them just come on and shout glory, glory, man, you know, that is, and then go off <laughs> sound as well. But, um, the majority of people, what they do is they're very intelligent people. You know, they're very intelligent. They know their football. They know Liverpool. They know what they want to see. They know what they don't want to see. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to make this, we're trying to involve as many people as we can. So with this, with this flick sports app, you go in, you join this community, and in that community, you can meet Reds from all over the world. That's the first thing. You can chat Liverpool, you can chat the weekend's game, you can chat all games, you can people chat their favorite podcasts. They do all sorts of stuff in it, and it's fine. Do all that. But if you have anything you want to see on a show, if you want somebody you want to see on a show, that's the place to do it. Instead of, you know, Twitter DM does my head in. So this app is much easier. You get a notification when it comes in. You're able to see every message that comes in. So in the description below, it's basically Flixport apps. If you type it in in your store, go in there, load it up, go to join, hit join via code, click it in, trippers chats, and you're in. And when you join in there, it's, it's absolutely free, by the way. You don't pay for it. Um, absolutely free. And again, it's just a way of getting, well, we're not on YouTube. It's a way of getting us all together in here during the week. Um, and have a good chat. 
That's all that it's about. Uh, throw ideas off each other, throw opinions off each other, and that's what it's all about. With regards to Instagram, follow us on Instagram. Keith is uh, um, up this week. I done the game last week. Keith's going to be live with you um, at about half three, I think, when the team news comes out. Yep. And you'll have a chat there. If you want to join him, you just hit the request button to join him, and you can come on. Um, and then after the game as well, we're a reaction. So... Follow us on, on Instagram. Just go in there, LFC Day Trippers. You'll find us. Follow. And as soon as we go live, you'll hear about it. And if you have your phone in front of you and a set of earphones, you plug them in, hit request, and Keith will try to get you on. Or whoever's doing it every week will try to get people on. The more we can get on, the better. We're trying to involve people more here because they deserve to be involved. You know, they're, they're watching us every night. They're following. They're liking. They're sharing tweets. They're doing everything we're asking of them. And we're doing everything back with regards to content. So it's... um. It's just it's just a way of keeping everybody close and having a good time. That's that's basically yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. So now that we've got that that out of the way, which is great, everyone sign up. I'll quickly go through um your opinion of the match coming up. Dan Murray, good point on the screen there about Yeah, I left that there. Um, What do you make of that? The Chelsea fan, I don't know what what I I seen that and the person that said these words obviously forgets the Liverpool winner at Stamford Bridge, um, forgets the Liverpool win at Anfield, forgets the Liverpool win in the European Super Cup, and all, all they can remember is a 2-0 Chelsea win in an FA Cup when Liverpool didn't really bother. Um, how he has him sussed, I don't know. Maybe because he shouted at him in a Cockney accent on the sideline yeah. at Anfield um, while, while Liverpool were ready to lift the Premier League trophy. I don't I'm know. And a, a free kick in as well. Lovely. I don't know. So... Um, on Sunday, I really want to beat these now. Um, it's yeah. one of those where I usually go and go, ah, you know, I take a draw. I really want to beat these now because they've spent a hell of a lot of money. They've done brilliantly in the transfer market, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I still think they might be a little bit short, but I'd love Liverpool to go out and just go, listen, you've signed all that, but this is what we can do. And let me tell you, if Thiago Alcantara is registered, he's most definitely in that squad on Sunday. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't put a pass clock to throw him right in. Genuinely. Uh, 3-1 Liverpool, Keith. 3-1 Liverpool. Lovely stuff, lovely stuff. And Finners, uh, how do you see this game going and what's your take on Chelsea um, in general, their transfer business? Yeah, well, my only sort of um, fish in this pond is FPL, really. I've been looking at it, studying who to put in with Chelsea and Liverpool players, thinking of uh, Captain in Salah, maybe. So, uh, but no, yeah, with uh, with Chelsea's business, they've just got it done early Um some good signings in there as well, but a lot of money. Um, I know, obviously, you guys will know the Werner stuff closer than than I will. It's interesting that was it Werner for forty five million, and then Jota's coming in for somewhere close to that as well. So if if Klopp's, um, it's high praise for Jota if he's um, being picked at the same sort of of sum there. Or I, I know things move quickly, but the difference, the, dif- the, the, the difference being that Werner, a lot of the money was they wanted up front, where up you front, guys yeah. have where, where you guys have accepted a, a mad payment structure. Which involves oh, yeah. us paying, yeah, we, we've, we've basically literally given you nine, ten million up front um, over a number of years. So we've, we've, we've done you, mate. All right, brilliant. Um, Sorry. <laughs> it'll, get yeah. it'll get there eventually. It'll get there. Yeah, as long as I'm but You spend a lot of money as well. So <laughs> it's, it's a balancing act. You guys have spent mm. sort of, you know, quite a bit. I mean, this, this Fabio Silva is very highly thought of. And how much was he? Plus both records broken. Yeah. I mean, Jota's, that's the most we've ever sold a player for. And Fabio Silva, yeah, the most we've ever brought a player in for. Yeah. Um, so you had to balance but, the books. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, is, yeah, that's bad. Maybe I thought we'd get a bang big again to get someone in to replace Jota, but maybe not. Um, but yeah, probably I'm going to go. I don't want to. I've said draws for everything so far, so I'm going to say Liverpool are going to win at the weekend. But if Werner could bag one just for my FPL, that would be grand. If that's okay with you, <laughs> that is absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. Once we win, we don't care. Um, right, lads. I think we we'll leave it there tonight. Um, an hour and ten, and we've had a lot of people listening. And thanks for the all the contribution and in the chat room as usual. It's always hopping. It's always flowing. We always say, it, but you guys drive on these shows because you just give us reference points and and places to go with our conversation which is brilliant and it's grown all the time and we we just appreciate all the support that we get so um finners before we go where can people catch you um on youtube and on twitter and the likes is it yeah yeah just the same on everything same as you guys with the twitter youtube instagram or just finners as you you wouldn't spell it f-i-n-e-double-r-z i don't know why i went with that but there we go <laughs> You probably had a few cans on board, Finners. Yeah, right? I understand. <laughs> that's how you spell yeah, it. I'm making it yeah. awkward for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine no. trying that log in with a few drinks on you. Yeah. <laughs> definitely three log out with him. They'll definitely out. think he's a robot. I'm telling yeah. you. A few <laughs> drinks on him. Um, but now, listen, Finners, thanks very much for joining us and giving us the Wolves' perspective. And look, I think... I think everyone is um, like what Wolves are doing and appreciate the type of football you play. So it's good to see us not holding us our own, but really going for it and, and pushing on. I think you can have a good season this year. Hopefully starts at the weekend, you know. But look, mm. thanks for coming on and joining us tonight. It's been a pleasure having you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Pleasure, best of best of bad luck, obviously, against <laughs> us anyway. But the rest of the season, I think it's there for you, maybe second league in a row. So we'll, yeah, we'll see. Good stuff, good stuff. <laughs> Grizz Khan, my man, thank you very much for joining us tonight. No problem, pal. No and, and Gav, as always, a pleasure. Thanks, Keith. Being great. Um, over 5,000 subs tonight. Shawnee Lawson yeah. is absolutely buzzing. Uh, I can tell you. He's absolutely buzzing, he is. Um, the phone is absolutely hopping here on the table. But um, now, again, thanks for the support. And this is what we, we do it just to, for the crack buff to see that sort of support and, and people getting involved is amazing. So get on Instagram, get on that Flick Sports, and um, we can just continue this 24 hours yeah. a day and just go live for the odd hour here and there. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, so we'll leave it there. Um, we've been the LFC Day Trippers. This has been the Friday Forecast, and we'll see us all soon. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get on all on rates as slow as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.